Hey guys, my name is Kyle and Sarah, and I'm what most people describe as a restaurant guy. I have one purpose in this podcast and on all my social media platforms, and that is to do my part by sharing my experience and what I've learned in helping to reduce the failure rate of restaurants in this country. Look, I didn't do everything perfect. I don't have all the answers, but what I can share with you is my experience, what I did right, what I did wrong, and what I would do exactly the same. I'm also going to have guests on who are going to tell their story and help share some of their insight so that you restaurant owners and operators can learn from other people in the country, realize that you're not alone. A lot of these issues we all have had, we've all experienced, and collectively we can do our part to help make sure that restaurants continue to thrive in our communities and continue to be sources of uh, employment, places of gathering, and whatever comes in the future, we're all going to do it together. So this is the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. Thanks for listening. Instead of letting you do the honors. You do have that, so we're recording now. There's, um, do I have to talk loud into... You have to talk right about four to six inches. Yeah. I don't have to be loud? No, you don't have to be loud. But this is okay. definitely set, starting to set a precedent now because the last person who was in here also brought alcohol. So I don't know, it's probably might be a good idea. I love it. Yeah. I actually think it's a great thing because now you guys can start getting sponsorships. Nice. There we go. Try all the new shit. Oh, but I mean, you can easily get people in here to talk about alcohol. They Especially if you get a sommelier. Every realtor would uh, love it. Yeah, get, realtor. And I can get definitely get liquor reps because they need to get rid of their samples. I'm not saying it's going to be good. Yeah. It'll be something to drink. The Ron Zacapa chick, she's hot. The who? That's the, usually the angle. The Ron Yeah. Ron Zacapa. Ron Zacapa. So, it's a um, type of rum. Cheers. So this is You're actually this is my right? everyday. This actually it's it's getting to be scary the amount of uh, espolone that I can drink. So this is my go-to. How often do you drink? Um, Let's be honest. How often do I drink? I don't drink like drink drink to go get drunk. But how often do you consume alcohol daily? No, four days a week. Four days a week. Okay, you? Once every couple of weeks. Okay. Really? Yeah, I used to be an uh, avid drinker. Avid? <laughs> not, was, not so much. I was dedicated to the craft. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was a very, uh, the Belvedere. Very good sponsor of Belvedere. But you know, like, my wife and I were just talking, it's like, when you get older, she has legitimately developed that thing where it's like, this girl's driving me to drink. Like, her daughter. And she's driving, oh. she like, literally will. She, she, she made her daughter the trigger. Yeah. That's easy because you always have a reason. I like that. It's interesting. Made somebody yeah. else the trigger. Like tequila is my thing. Yeah, I love tequila. It's been you know it's evolved from the uh, Cancun spring bake days of my youth to uh, some little more sophisticated. So this is like a middle of the road guy, my go to for sure. Like if I go someplace and I'm like, nah, do you have Espolón? They're like, no. Okay. Oh, this particular tequila. This particular is your one. Thing. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna drink when I come back. Yeah, that's for shit sure. Uh, I'm gonna leave it here. You can do with it. You know, we'll know how it goes by next time we come back. <laughs> um, Let's see if we have some stressful nights. Oh, you, don't, you don't have to worry about me. Don't worry about them. Oh yeah. Oh my god, 
yeah, keep it in my office because they just fly through alcohol. What? They just hang out. I don't even ever see anybody here. No, it's her and Tatiana, and every day, just drink. Five o'clock, they crack open the fridge. They don't want to go home. They just want to drink here. And they work. Home. They have work to do, and then they just want to drink. Oh. See what happens? They made work their trigger. I know. Yes. <laughs> Correct. They made work their trigger. Oh. <laughs> Think they take taking shots at nine in the morning before they get here? Have you ever seen anybody do that yet? I had this great idea the other day for a video. And so, dude, I'm here all the time. Like, I came in the other day at 6 a.m. Okay, I just couldn't sleep. I came in and said, fuck. So it sounds like you might need more. So I hear her come in. I hear the door open. So I'm like, so now she walks in and just sits at her computer, like, mumbles some stuff. But I thought it would be hilarious. And I was like, yo, this would be awesome because she never looked to see if I was here. So it would have been great if we reenacted the video. But I was filming, you know, 6 a.m. Because I get a great line of sight right to her chair, where she sits in the chair. She's like, this fucking place again. He starts cursing at it. 30 seconds later, a fart. Like, like, and then her turn around. Then you'd be like, <clears throat> oh, my like, God. Oh, my. Like, I can't. You'd no probably idea. have to get her to drink a bottle of that she before she would. Right, before she would. If you gave her that, she would. No, way too embarrassed. Tequila makes him get naked, bro. They'll shoot a video. Tequila makes them wow. get naked? Yeah, I think that's uh, what is that? Story we can get into. <clears throat> sounds like there's a story there. I don't know, man. My first time drunk, I was in Greece and I went to a concert where, and it was the first time, I, not the first time drunk, the first time drunk on tequila. Ah, in Greece. In Greece, we're at this concert where I kid you not, the ratio of women, hot women to men, was at least four to five, right? Four, four or five hot women to every one guy. Okay, that's good. Stuff. Like it was insane. Right. And I get hammered on this. <laughs> You're the one that got naked. Dude, I got, I became such a fucking animal. I was like close to flipping tables. Like that's how horny yeah. I got off, wow. the, off fucking tequila. And like it, it still happens. Like one of my ex-girlfriends banned me from drinking tequila if I went out without her. Because you become a, a, oh, a bro. <clears throat> you can, it's might as well what you call it. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. So you're drinking that now. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out, world. Yeah. Here I come. I say, let's, uh. Okay. Make sure. How many? How many? I, never, four, I right? never realized up until probably this last year how big alcohol is in a realtor's life. Like every realtor talks about how much alcohol they consume. You know, it's interesting. It's it's that's the one parallel. I think it's the one parallel, but for sure, parallel between restaurant people and realtors is the alcohol. That alcohol. I mean, yeah. It's a real. It's a real problem in the restaurant business. A couple guys tackling that issue, but yeah, for real, it's it's everywhere. It's only way to get people. To get brokers out to do anything, you gotta apply them with alcohol. Got it. I get that though, but they'll do anything for alcohol. Yeah, a lot of them are alcohol. Well, a lot of them are like housewives and stuff like that, right? Downtime. This is what they do at home anyway. It became such uh, an acceptable thing. Like when I was on these dating apps, I couldn't tell you, like every single profile had a girl slamming one type of a drink uh, or another. And like, under their likes, it was always listed alcohol. I'm like, why is this such a thing now that people? I don't. I don't want to see you drinking in every picture. I like to see a book in your hand. Mm-hmm. I guess that's just me. Yeah. But it's like so so acceptable now. It's I'm not like I drink or uh, maybe it shows you like to party. I don't know. I'm sure there's some kind of subcon. Maybe I don't know. It's definitely some. It's a you know it's pretty well documented as a poor choice of a stress relief. Alcohol. Yeah. So people are that stressed. That's yeah, the bottom that's line. That's what I think. Okay. 
So what are we doing here? I mean, we're talking about restaurants. We're talking about getting naked and tequila so far. I, I don't. I asked you what your plan was. Would you? No. Look, I think uh, Jim. Why don't you just tell everybody where we're at, at with the restaurant life, the real estate life, and how you got to be where you're sitting at right now? I mean, look, the, the, this podcast is for typically for restaurant people. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that you have a restaurant background and a real estate background like myself. Um, I know why I did it. How, what made you make the, the change? So I'd always been part of restaurants, right? And my family ended up opening up a restaurant. And while I was there, I had an opportunity to become a lender at a bank. Um, not knowing what I know now, I decided to do it. While I was working there, I was approached by an agent who said, you know, I'd love for you to work with us. So in my brainiac head, I said, hey, I'll pick up the real estate license. I have my loan officer license and, you know, I'll do the mortgages and help people buy the house. I was like 21. Seemed like a great idea. But you were out of the restaurant. You were not working in the restaurant at that point. So at that point, I had gotten out of the restaurants. Was this a family restaurant or was it like a... So from 14, it was I started with just like one-off restaurants. Okay. I did corporate, so I did you know uh, I've done Dunkin' Donuts food serving. I've done McDonald's. I've done nightmares, right. nightmares That's those awesome. places. Actually, Dunkin' Donuts was fun. McDonald's I quit after two weeks. Um, so fast forward, we opened up our restaurant, and then while I was there, part time I was doing uh, loan officer, and then I decided to get into it full blown. So you say our restaurant's a family restaurant? Family restaurant. Yep, uh, Greek spot. Um, so while I was lending, I fell into a lot of debt. And so I decided to pick up a part-time job at Havana Central in Rich Hill in Yonkers. Okay. So I was doing that Monday through Thursday nights. And how long ago was this? That was, so I did that job from 2012 to about 2016, 17. So good, good amount of time at that restaurant. All right. So 2007, so that's not that long ago. No, so... So after I left lending and I went into real estate, I worked for Redfin and I was kind of like a showing assistant more or less. So I tended to have a lot of free time. So I picked up a third job. So I worked in Redfin in real estate. I was working um, at Lefteri's Gyro and then I was working at Havana Central. And it got to the point where literally, dude, the money, the money was just, and it's all cash every day. Like 11 to 4.30, I'm in a blue shirt. I would get out of, and they were bordering. The restaurant's connected. I would take off my blue shirt, throw on my black guayabera, and go into Havana Central and serve Cuban. And walk out with 600 bucks cash. Yeah. What made you decide to be a waiter and not a bartender? Um, I know how to drink. Yeah, why That's, did you go wait around? Uh, my thing is always I say I know how to drink the drinks. I don't know how to make them. You like, I don't even... Once every couple weeks. You're not dude, dude that way. what's that? You only drink once every couple weeks. You're not no, no, while I was at the restaurants, <laughs> at the while I was at the restaurants, Thursday through you Sunday practicing, night... Practicing your bartending. Dude, 11 o'clock, I'd get out of work. I'd go straight down to the city, straight to Astoria. Oh, Those Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, I was, uh, you know, dedicated to the craft of drinking. I, that makes me so exhausted just say it yeah like we're talking <laughs> in, it was it was seven yeah seven days a week man no days off i was working probably anywhere from 8 a.m 9 a.m to 11 at night non-stop um i started doing that in 2014 right. heavily and you were how old uh 24 at the time oh, there you go no it wasn't that man i was not tired you know what it oh, was you in were, you, you, 
that's when you have a little money in your pocket. You're maybe you're out of your parents' house at that point. You're kind of just yeah. No, I wasn't. That's why the better. money was even better. <laughs> yeah. right? Like literally everything was just you know fuck you money. Yeah. All of it, and and you know. I fell into a rude awakening after you realize how easy it comes and how easy it goes. Yeah, dude, yeah. So I learned that that lesson. Uh, but here's the one difference I found being an employee in a restaurant versus an, an owner of a restaurant is when you clock out, you're done as an employee. Yeah. That's why I was never exhausted. Mentally, I was always great. Always. There yeah. was no, I didn't have to think about it. Clock out, I'm done. Right. But you know, sometimes when you when you have that family experience, you now feel like you have ownership in every restaurant you go. You feel like you have, a, you, you know, I know a better way. This is the way my family's doing it. Can we do it this way? You, you know, still I'll, tend to take it home with you. I, I was worker. Yeah. Straight worker. That's good. Tell me, Havana Central, I was a little more, I was a blend between a, an employee and like a middleman between the employees and the upper management okay. just because I knew how to communicate well with them. Right. Uh, but no, I didn't want, ever, like I was offered managerial roles and no. 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 No, yeah. why? Why would I do it Less for 60 Ah, there we go. Well, you know, I think that that's 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 always the thing. It's like why don't why you can never get that good key employee to take that step from being a server, bartender, whatever they are, cook to manager because they're like, I'm gonna make less money. And the, the title is not exactly as glamorous, you know. In corporate gigs, they're like, you're the senior vice president now, and you get going to manager. They don't, yeah, no. they don't pay by like a percentage. You know, the good ones will will tie you into a corporate or like a sorry like a. Uh, profitability number yeah. and top line sales bonus but most of them will just kind of work you to death and burn you out and just churn through it's a horrible model it's a horrible it's so here's what i noticed is a lot of people that went from server to like floor manager to schedule manager the best thing they ever did for themselves was bounce from restaurant to restaurant to restaurant because right. every time they went somewhere else yeah. yeah they kept going higher and higher and higher so that was that was the name of the game that's what happens here in West Virginia. It's a small terrible model. Terrible model. Terrible. And you're drunk. Because you're day. always losing your best people. Yeah, constantly. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't want to pay and you don't see the value in your support, in your support, then like when there was a point in time where a bunch of people left Havana, I swore to God, man, my this is how I felt. I felt like the restaurant was a ship in the middle of the sea with no captain, just a crew. And nobody knew what direction this place was going. I mean, it got really bad. Well, this is a, a franchise, right? Right. So who was... Are they a franchise or they're corporate-owned? Like, you can't buy a Havana Central, right? You have to just... No. So corporate-owned. Corporate-owned. Okay. Corporate-owned. Right. Really so well. who do you answer to daily then? So there was typically three or four managers total in the restaurant. It's crazy. It's like layers of management. These corporate Yeah, but, but here's the thing. You know, I always, I always, and I'll use Dunkin' Donuts as an example. So I grew up drinking coffee, right? More or less like I knew coffee. I knew how to make a cup of coffee. I get to Dunkin' Donuts, a job that's paying seven seventy five an hour, and I have to sit through three hours of video on how to make a damn cup of coffee. And in my head, I'm thinking, this is absolutely ridiculous. Like, what the heck? But then I realized that in order for these chains and these corporations to really keep consistency across the board and have a system of checks and balances, oh, yeah. this is what it comes down to. Unfortunately, you know, you need a manager of the bussers, a manager of the of the waiters, a manager of the bartenders. You need a manager of the back of the house, like all the, and then all those managers need to communicate to the AGM, you know, the assistant general manager, then up to the general manager, then the regional manager. Does make you want to open a restaurant? No, I'm curious to see how you would see and, it. And here, here... What's a model that we haven't seen yet that would work? No, I'll tell you. I mean, obviously, the chain ones work, though. Well, so here's where that model blows up in reverse. 
is when something happens, and this is when, when you have people that don't take accountability in their own faults. So if you have something blow up at the top, you know, the regional manager flips out, goes down to the GM, GM flips out on the AGM, AGM takes it out on everybody else, and all those managers come and take it out on us. Right. And now I went from having an amazing day, you know, all my tables are happy to corporate is angry. But that is corporate all around, not just the restaurant. It's built that way. It right. starts here and then right. it it's the trick yeah, the trickle down effect. But it stops when somebody can take accountability and say this is my fault, not the server. It's not the busboy's fault. But you know what happens my. in a corporate environment then the, the nail that sticks out gets hammered down. Right. Yeah, so that person is yeah. It's rough. Cor- it's definitely a different world the corporate restaurant versus the mom and pop restaurant. So you work in corporate restaurant then? So I had corporate, which was Havana, and then I had Lefteris, which was mom and pop. Right. I love the way you say that. Two different. How's that mom and pop? What do you mean? Oh, that's not uh, not corporate? No. I thought that was the franchise. No, so Chris has four of them, but it's not, you know, it's still run mom and pop. There is no corporate structure to it. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like family owned. Yeah, so okay, employees that work at those restaurants tend to be employees for a very long time. You know, they're not burning and churning through staff like a lot of other places. So definitely two different fields. Like at Lefteris, if I wanted to step out quickly to go have a cigarette, it wasn't a big deal. At Havana, it was grounds for a write-up or termination, mm-hmm. you know? But I was very clear. Listen, I go smoke when I know I can. But that's what's interesting. Most people choose to do one or the other. You like corporate, I know corporate chef guys, they love it because they know what they can do. They know the, here are the recipe cards. They, the food costing is there. It's all very... Everything's measured out. No creativity though, right? Like, Zero creativity. But, yeah. but and, the, and their structure, their pay structure is consistent, right? Whereas the other times I'm truly mom and pops are like, I got to pay next week for whatever. Yeah. Sometimes it can and happen. You, and you can have 401k. You might have, you have health and, you know, you have all sorts of, you're more corporate. Right. But yeah, it stifles creativity. Yeah. So you see like a lot of older guys... Or, you know, maybe some not so talented cooks who just want to have, you know, got a young family, they need stability. But so you're working in you're working in two restaurants and you have your realtor license. You're not doing the loan officer stuff anymore. No. Okay. So it sounds like a pretty full slate. You're going out every night, full slate. So what's what gives? Like what 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 changes? How'd you get from when is that, two thousand seventeen? So that that began in two thousand fourteen. Okay. So you did it for yeah. three years. Um and then it stopped it stopped in 16. Uh, September of 16 is when I cut back. Um, I went... Cut back your schedule. Cut back my schedule okay. in the restaurant world. Okay. And actually, you know what? It was... It Was Was it September of 16? Yeah, September of 16. Okay. I cut back my restaurant. I took away one day from Havana. So I did... And listen to this schedule, right? Cut back. I did three days at Havana... And then three days at Lefteris, plus my you know five six day a week schedule at at in real estate that was cutting back, and the one thing that I realized Jeez. yeah it's a lot man it's but I didn't care I loved it you know I I love the go 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 and and you know when you're seeing immediate results like you go you you wait a table here's a twenty I just made twenty bucks in your well, pocket that's one thing about the restaurant business that a lot of other businesses don't have a soft spot for which is, you know, particularly in, like in from commercial real estate, deals take a year, two years, eight years. Some people take forever to get a deal done. You provide a service, you provide a drink, you get paid. Yep. That's it. So people, some guys are like, you make more money than me because I have these huge deals out there, but on time value, I'm getting crushed. Right. So that immediate, like, here's what you wanted, 
I'm gonna give it to you. You yeah. pay me for it, and you leave. That would that that that's, that's and particularly if it's your you're getting tipped. They walk out the door with money in your pocket. That's a yeah, yeah. I would say probably on average my worst night, which was five to ten, on average it was like 130, 140 for five hours without pay. Not bad. Not at all. And so, then double that up, doing doubles every day. Every day, I'm making three, four hundred bucks with no stress. Like my my stress is is it. bursts. But I mean, you liked it. That's different because right. it's stressful. stressful. Some people that, that, that is, is super stressful. stressful. I think that like somebody who you have sound like you have it in your blood. Like I can see that you have it, and just from hearing you, that you're a restaurant guy. Like somewhere down the line, you're gonna be back involved with restaurants for sure. I don't know. It's just my it's gut feeling. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I've always I've always thought about it. Um, I love the industry. I just don't like the lifestyle. Right. Yeah, that's where I was at. I, when I left the partnership, I was like, you know what? I still want to be associated with it. I still want to be in it. Yeah. It's kind of coming full circle again. But So you're there, and now you're like, I'm going to step away, cut back, and now you're what, dedicating more time to real estate, or you're just hanging out? So I started dedicating more time to real estate. I'm just going to a store anymore. And... What ended up happening was some days I would wake up and say, ah, you know, I'll go in at 11 today. So I would stroll in to the office. Um, And then what ended up happening was any time a shift was left, I would pick it up. (laughs) So it was, although I took the days away, I still hadn't committed fully to it. You had a flex schedule. Yeah, yeah. And it just always flexed in the best way for the restaurants. Yeah, of course. (laughs) And... Then one day I walked into Havana uh, and Kristen was the manager at the time and she had moved from hostess up to manager so we had worked a long time together. Sold her on the old title. What's that? Sold old Kristen on the title. Yeah. They love titles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. So she moved up to manager. More than a title and there she That's is. That's it. That's yeah. it. Um, and I walked into to the restaurant one day. I said, hey, Kristen, can I talk to you? She goes, yeah. Here's my two weeks. She goes, What? Like, here's my two weeks. She goes, what do you mean? What happened? Like, did something go wrong? Your like, your first person quits. Right. Be she was a manager for a while. Okay. She, Yeah, she had been in the role for a while. And, dude, honestly, there was not a single reason for me to walk in there and quit. And yet, I just felt like... It, felt, felt it? I just felt it, and I just walked in. I said, here are my two weeks. She goes, all right, if anything changes... Always, always, always. Yeah, so... I don't want to say always because I've burned every other bridge before this restaurant. Yeah. yeah. So I learned not to do that. So I said, you know, here's my two weeks. She goes, all right, you know, if you change your mind, let me know. No, 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 no. If I change my mind, you are not to listen to me. Like I'm letting you know right now, two weeks, I'm done. You need help me. You need her to, okay, hold yeah. me like, like you do not take this back. Like I'm out. And that, and that's, that's how I left Havana. So that freed up my weeknights. Why Havana over left Terrace? Um, <laughs> why Havana? Lefteris uh, had more of a flex schedule at the time. Okay. So if I wanted to pick up extra days, it was easy. Right. If and the money was just amazing on the weekends. The money was just and I, there was no better way in hell. Meal? What's that? Better family meal. Not you're not supposed to have a better family <laughs> meal, but I always did. All right, dude. I ate like. I could have fed a third world country. I think my favorite part is when the chef would make us food. Yeah. Not like the, what's your not like the group. Oh, I've been in it. Oh, man. Dude, I used to work for uh, Edmundo's. 
Where's that? Among those was in East Chester. It was the owners of uh, of Rigoletto's. Or, uh, yeah, Rigoletto's, right? I don't know. I don't know East Chester or the Bronx that well for this stuff. Plus, they're not Greek, so you, you got me. Uh, Tell me the diners. <laughs> diners. <laughs> That's the go-to. Um, but, yeah, what, what was I saying? What were you saying? How did it go to that? I was asking, you asked you about which one you cut in your family meal. You said it was your favorite part. Oh, you loved when the chefs used to. Uh, oh, when they used to feed us. But not the, not the like, here's a giant bowl of pasta, all you guys dig in. Yeah, no, like, like they like, made it. I'd be like, I want the pork chop that I just saw that guy eat. That looks so good. Can you make me that exact thing? Yeah. So Havana, it was it was more or less. So here's the thing, bro. You got to understand. The restaurant is no different than any other. I like looking at this like the mob, right? You just take care of people and they take care of you. So I was the guy that would go fill up a pitcher of soda and bring it to the staff, right? Or fill up some pitchers of water or ask them if they wanted anything. Because I know I'm going to ask for food. So one hand washes the other. I always took care of people. And then so my pre-meal, you know, the family meal, usually was a little bit better than everybody else. Like throw in some extra potato wedges. Let me get some of that. I would eat another one before I left, you know. So, I was a bartender. I would give them, they'd be like, cerveza. Yeah. All night. Yeah. Get Just make night. me food. Just make yeah, me food. Me food. That's all I care about. Lefteris, I eat like an animal though. Animal. Two, three times a night. Did you have fun there? Like we Lefteris. Dude, the things that, that used to go on at was, this restaurant though. I was stoned half the time. I worked, oh, I worked for a while, so I, I actually shouldn't say it. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say I'm stoned. I <laughs> So, but what's getting lost here is, are you, what's the real estate life like? Because that's, you're working five to 10, and you're getting home at 11. You're getting home at 11, right? At best, 11 o'clock. So then, the next day, you're what, getting up cranking, doing cold calls for real estate? Or what is, what is your, what is life? No, there wasn't, um, all right, so when I got done, when I got done with Havana, it was summertime. It was right before summertime. So at that point in time, I decided that I wanted to go full-blown into just hey, what was I why did I leave Havana there was a reason I left Havana to push me at the time I was into painting right houses like that's my You're background <laughs> dude so from the beginning I've been well I'm in restaurants by default right, right? Uh, construction is what I've always loved that's what I did in high school I did I did uh, school half a day and then I did construction, carpentry the other half of the day. That was what I loved. You know, I loved architecture, I loved building. I graduated, I got done with high school, I got done with the trade school, and I was supposed to go into the union, the carpenters union, but at the time everything like collapsed. It was it was yeah, when right. the economic collapse happened. And that's when I just went back to college and long story short, here we are today. Um, to answer your question about what it was in the morning, yeah, more or less that's what it was. So yeah, this was when we were talking about before, where you were part of a team, that obligation, that's, I mean, it's a lot, a lot of follow-up, a lot so, of, like, so, really going to be on top of it. Yeah, and I fell behind. Yeah. My thing was always, thing. my thing was always, a deal will come tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to try that hard because I can go to the restaurant tonight. Right. And that mentality really held me back. Sure. For real estate, held it's, me back. Because you're sitting back waiting for a deal to fall in lap right what I'm getting. Right. Right. And at the same time, I wasn't even utilizing all the people I was meeting at the restaurant by giving them cards. I was just doing nothing. All right. So like, the idea was to get back into <clears throat> to get into real estate full time was, 
was the goal. Right. Okay. So now you get back into real estate full time when? So the first time I got into real estate full time was this October. Okay. Full time, full time. Like I quit no the days. Restaurants. So as we're sitting here right now, you don't work at a restaurant. Nothing. I don't do anything else. And do you but miss it? so funny enough, I quit in October. We have Columbus Day, which is like the upcoming Monday holiday. Right. Now, Monday holidays at the restaurant for me at Lefteris were always great. I mean, we're talking 350, 400 days. Uh, 350, $400 days for from 11 to 7, 8, roughly. So they asked me, hey, you know, I just left. They had him filled. And dude, I, I gave you know, them. Like, did you leave or did you just like want to take a break? No, no, no. I, I gave him. So I spoke to I spoke to the manager in September. I gave him a month, five weeks to be exact. I gave him five weeks that I was leaving. So it was supposed to be one month, and then when the one month was ending, I told him, hey, remember, I'm leaving, and he goes, oh, shit. I was like, dude, I'll give you another week, but that's it. Like, And that's because I like you, and I don't want you to get stuck because then I know Thunderdome from above is going to rain down on you for not replacing me in time. So, But same thing with him. I walked in. He's on the phone, right? Manager's on the phone. He's talking, yep, 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 yep. I'm like, Ricky, I need to talk to you. And he tells the guy, listen, I need to call you back. And he goes, everything okay? I was like, Here's my one month's notice. He goes, what? No. I'm like, yeah, yeah, here it is. It's one month. He's like, why? Why are you leaving? This and that. Don't you like it here? Yeah, but I need to grow. And he looked at me and he goes, you know what? He goes, that's all I can ask. He's like, that's all I can ask is for my employees to, 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 yeah, to grow yeah. and move on to something else right. they want to do. Um, and then, yeah, so since October, I, I, I went back Columbus Day and, you know, made my money, but... After 20 minutes of clocking in, I was like, I'm never coming back here again. Yeah. You know, and, and not that there's anything wrong with you the establishment. Else, right. right. I, that's when I knew you need to do everything in your power to never come back here. And then, you know, happened? so then what did you do? So then, once I left that, is when I started this 180 so day challenge. Income, you left your income down. Yeah, I left steady income. I left all of that security. Um, Cold turkey. Cold turkey just went straight into uh, this. So then now go on the 180 days. And, and, and with no pipeline. Right. Wow. Like I literally said, if I don't do it right now, because I always kept telling myself. Because you were slacking off, you weren't doing the full time. Well, no, so here, here's know, the thing. No I, had, I had two swings of momentum. I had one in 17. I had one in 18. Mm-hmm. And both those swings, I should have quit. And I didn't. And then finally, I said, you know what? The hell with this. Somebody really got under my skin and, and was... was at f- work? At, at real estate? No, somebody from my personal life. Okay, right. Yeah, she really got under my skin. I said, you know what? You're right. And I went there that weekend and said, I'm done. So why not just quit real estate and stay in the restaurant? Mm. Because the good Could money... No. No, 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 no. That's not for me. Or open your own place. That's not for me. Look, I love restaurants. I love food. I love food so much. I love cooking. I love trying weird things. You know, just mixing different dishes together. Like, you know, skirt steak. Right, skirt. Dude, I'm the guy that's cooking skirt steak. I'm slicing mangoes thin to put it on top, and then I'm pairing it with some crisp jalapenos to give it that sweet, spicy. Like that's the, you know, I take that much pride in, in my food when I'm cooking for me. I love it. it, it it's a, it, oh, All right. it's just, but, but the lifestyle is, I don't know. 
Yeah, but why not go work? You know, you could work in a New York City restaurant and make, you know, they put you on a couple lunches, you know, you know, you have senior seniority, you get cut at eight o'clock, nine o'clock, you know, to be there, you know, like there's a way to do it. Or would you just saw it as a means to an end to get out? I guess I guess all of my experience in the restaurant industry and seeing everybody in the restaurant industry, I saw a lot of people that were parents. And they were working yeah, Friday, right. Saturday, That's Sunday. You're missing the kids' games. You're missing you like, yeah. and and me not having kids right now. I said, do I want to be there? Is that where I want to be? So I don't know. You know, I know the city servers. You know, blow yeah. us out of the water. But again, if your schedule is eleven to seven, you're leaving at nine to drive into the city nine oh, nine thirty. Yeah. But the time, work. again, you're doing twelve hour days. Right. You know, so if the way I saw it is, if I had a skill that I could utilize to bring, you know, maybe not so much more actual work, but mm-hmm. more money for my time, that that would be something that would be worth looking into. Right. You know, and, and, and this is a business that that and can be done. very clear to you, like, hey, you're in, in real estate, you have no pipeline, it could be a year for you before you get paid. Or was there like some draw situation, like... No, no, nothing, nothing. nothing. Yeah. You are quitting, this was just a conversation with me and myself at this point. <laughs> right. It was right. You didn't take any uh, external. No, no. I okay. So I had the conversation with myself of, you don't have a pipeline. You're going to quit your security. And you're going to give yourself a deadline. Right. So talk about that. So now you gave yourself this deadline, 180 days. So So I gave myself a deadline of 180 days. So the first thing before I set up this deadline, was six months. I gave myself six months. Any any reason? Just felt like that was a reasonable timeline to put forth the next. I looked at how much money I was willing to give up before I said enough's enough, and that landed on six months. Okay, so you're 108. So you're 100 days in right now, roughly. Today's 100 day 105. Oh shit! Wow. Yeah. So what? What does that? So what does that mean? What was supposed to happen in those 180 days? So I went to the owner of my company, and we sat down. I said. I started the conversation off like this. If I'm not where I want to be in 180 day, in six months, I'm walking. Just, okay, that's very bold. Yeah. Yeah, great. And I gave the restaurant a one month notice that I'm quitting. Okay, you're serious. Yeah. Yeah, very. How can we put a plan together so, so you don't walk away? Right, right. She did, yeah. Okay. A plan of how we can start getting you paid faster, how you can make a real career out of this. Because how you can make a real career out of this. Right. So now, what's interesting is I think there's so many things that you can take from the restaurant business that translates into real estate. I think everybody should work in a restaurant. I think it'd be like mandatory. Customer relationships. That I agree with selling, 100%. If you can be a server on a Saturday night for a table that's been waiting for 45 minutes overdue on their yeah, reservation and their table, and their food's going to take another hour to come out of the kitchen. If you can handle that, I believe you could do anything. Yeah, that's because it gets... To the point I like talking about before, you have your customer right in front of you. You're expected to deliver on what they want in the next 30, 45 minutes. Right. If you don't, you're going to hear about it to your face, online. Yeah, it's, it's a rough environment. Yeah, and Havana had a very strict policy. Like, bad Yelp review, you're fired. Wow. Not sure that's even legal, but okay. Like, that's how, that's how yeah, bad it got. Like you in there. Yeah, Castro, man. <laughs> Castro. That's rough. Dude, it got bad. 
Like, and, and, and I flipped out. Like, at one point in time, we lost a server that we had three, four years because somebody wrote a stupid damn review. And I was like, you fired him? I call him maybe four or five months ago. Meanwhile, I haven't spoken to him in years. How you been since, you know, that whole thing happened? He goes, honestly, bro, best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, right. Best thing. Sure, that happened best a lot. Thing. I can attest to that. Yeah, best thing. So now you're 105 days in, and how's it going? 105 days full-time in. Full-time real estate? Full-time. Okay. So I've closed one buyer. I have a buyer under contract. I have a listing under contract, and I closed the rental. So four in 105 so days. So what's the measuring stick? So at the end of six months, you need to have X amount, have made X amount of money? Or no, what? so I told my coach basically, if I'm not where I want to be in, in the six months, okay. and, and, and that, that was, the six months is, I know it takes, you know, on average 67 days to make a habit, right? So right there, at best, I'm already at two months gone, right. okay? So now I got four months left. So what I want to happen by the end of the six months is I have a consistent calendar, a consistent business, and I don't have the fear of am I getting paid or not. Right. You know, I just took the first step now where the company that I have in real estate, so my company, is paying me weekly now. So what's, what do you mean? So you, uh, you get paid at the closing and you, it's made out to your company. So when I when like when, when I when I get so the way the 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 checks work is they get cut to your brokerage, right? So all the checks would go to KWNY Realty. Right. Then once the the funds hit my account, the first thing I do is I take thirty percent right off the top for Uncle Sam, and I just put that in an account. That's not my money. Right. I don't get to touch that. I don't get to spend it. It's not rainy day money. Right. It's you leave it alone a for a year. Yeah. Like that's where it's gonna sit until you file your taxes. Right. The rest of that money, since I've always had the restaurant, so all the commission I've made since 2016 has more or less accumulated in that account. Right. So all the restaurant money was what paid my bills, it paid for me to go out, it paid for Smart. my rent, it paid for everything, yeah. and the real estate just amassed. Now this year with the transactions I've done, I've now got it to the point where I can comfortably pay myself weekly as an employee. Right, so even if $100,000 in checks come in, it doesn't mean I'm making any more or any less. I have a consistent pay now. Right. It's not a lot, right. but it's a huge milestone oh, for my yeah. business. When did that happen? Uh, this week. Oh, wow. There this you week. Go. So then, so is that how, in your mind, how close is that to where you want to be? It sounds pretty close. I mean, just look at your face, that's a pretty yeah. major thing. Yeah, it's... It's there. I mean, a lot of it's already there. Well, that's a tremendous amount of discipline. Now you saved up money that you didn't touch, so you had. But so you were in a pretty good position to make this move. Yeah. Financially. But I still said six months is your mark because yeah. I did this once before where I was very good financially, right. and I burned through it as an LO, as a loan officer, and it got to where I now owed money in credit cards, and I told myself I'll never let that happen again. So you get six months to make whatever happen. And if not, well, now you gave yourself another 30 days to find a job. Right. So you're seven months lost. Right. Whatever. No big deal. That's how I gauged it. Now, I still have a lot more work to go. Right. Like, I'm nowhere. I'm a lot better than where I was, but I'm not where I want to be. Right. You know? Which is where? What's the ideal? I mean, residential real estate, I thought. So I, I did that for a little while. And it's tough because it's tough to differentiate yourself. You're constantly fighting against that bad broker. Right, like, I know, no, everything's 
whatever. You're the tenth guy to call me today, and but I don't knock. I don't want to. I'm not selling the house anymore. And the differentiation factor is dead, particularly in this market where everybody's a realtor. Agreed. And I would say the cold calls are probably the worst part of my job. Mm. You know, I would rather sit down with somebody who wants me over their house and that we can have a legit conversation. If I feel the whole time that I need to win you over and that I'm facing an uphill battle, what's the point? You can't sell the unsellable, right. Right, and, and so in the restaurant, Lefteris especially, I was always very bold, especially with the tables that would complain about how long they waited and the fact that they now waited to order. Look, guys, we can sit here and waste more time talking about how long it took or I'm here right now, and we can make this happen. Up to you. Right. But I know you're hungry. Yeah. You cl- yeah, you have to look. That- like, I can't control the hostess. Right. I can't control the fact of how long it took you to sit down. Okay. Yet, I can control how long it takes you to order and how long it takes me to bring you your food. Right. You know? But I also knew how to set expectations. If you sat down and you're, you know... And I knew the kitchen was backed up. I would let you know. Hey, sir, just to give you a heads up, kitchen's about on a 45-minute wait right now. So what do you do? They're like, I don't care. They'll give me my food. I'm here now. Before they ordered. Right. Because we had a lot of yeah. families that would come and eat before they went to the movies. Yes. And the last oh, thing so I want... Had a time crunch. Like, my dude, my mind... My, we would check movie times. Oh, yeah. We would check movie times because that tells us when is a movie letting out. And so we might get a rush from that let out. And, and when is the movie starting because people are going to eat. Yeah, right. Right. And especially family movies, kids' movies, because we were a very family-oriented restaurant. If movies like that came out, yeah, you knew you were getting a lot of kids, parties, anarchy. And I would just be honest with people. Like, if I knew it's going to take you 45 minutes to get your food, I'm going to tell you. And if you want to order, that's great. But you can't be mad because I already told you. You have so much passion in your eyes when you talk about restaurants. So... (laughs) It's it's Right. It's just the experience of having gone through it and knowing it. And... I think that's the one thing that ultimately I just need to do more in this business of is is stand my ground and say, look, you know, this is this is that's kind a good of lesson. that's a really right. good lesson because it's easy to get in those cold calls and just be happy that you're finally talking to somebody that feels like a victory in and of itself. Right, and I've been there. Call me back next month. Yeah, oh yeah, talk to your husband. And, that's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna yeah, sure. So, and uh, yeah. All right, so now you're full in. You got your money saved up. You feel like the pipeline is there. What else is left? Why not just stop right now? You sound like you're where you want to be. Cut it short. You're ready to go. Like cut the challenge. Yeah. What's going to happen in the next 55 days? No, I'm sorry. 75 days. Oh, a lot. A lot can happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I mean, when you say a lot can happen. You mean so I've, 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 I've seen doing. this before. Right. I've, you know, the devil you know. <laughs> is always better than the devil you don't. And I've seen this devil before. And I'll tell you what I mean by that is I've seen this momentum come in and if you don't ride it, and what I mean by ride it is you keep fueling it, yeah. it's going to stop. Yeah. It's happened to me twice. So that's why I can't cut it short. And guess what? After 180 days, I still can't cut it short. So what do you attribute? So you, this feels like a success so far. You've gotten out of it what you want to be. What what do you attribute it to? Like the real estate. You, you got people on here probably, you know, mostly restaurant people, but realtors who are listening, like what do you 
you know, in case you don't know, like Jim, you can at the end of the talk about Instagram stuff. But you've been documenting this whole thing since day one. Since, since day zero. one. So, the success that you've had has been what through consistency, through accountability, through. There's love. a very there's there's a very high level of accountability. Yeah. Think about it. I'm accountable to the world every day. Right. I'll give you the best example. Last night, Super Bowl, around eight thirty. Yeah. I was thinking. Maybe I'll just put up a picture tonight. It's yeah. the Super Bowl. But the world is watching. The world wants to know. Right? Yeah. And and people might not even give a shit. Right. But I don't know well, that. You feel like you feel it. I feel yeah. You feel accountable. Yeah. I I gave my my word in essence that I'm doing this. Yeah. It falls flat if you don't do the whole thing. Right. But at the same time, isn't this a huge risk? Because you know, look, residential realtors are taking pictures in their cars, they've taken pictures with all the deals they close and all this stuff, and another closing, pictures of their Gucci loafers at the closing table. Like, aren't you, you're pretty vulnerable. Like, if I see you, aren't you running the risk that somebody might be like, dude, you're like trying to make a go of this, why am I gonna give you my listing? Is that, were you concerned about that? Yeah. Yeah, but, it has, but that hasn't been the case. You have to run into that, right? That's just a So I had somebody who has tried sell, who tried selling their house. They interviewed a ton of brokers this year around, and they reached out to me from the videos. And the reason why they reached out is because they also are huge into goals. And they said, you know what? He said, you know what? I'd like to give you an opportunity see what you could do. Like, come by, meet with us, and let's see what we can make work. Yeah. And that directly came from him watching my stuff and him seeing how dedicated I've been to hitting my goals. You, you know, and a lot of people, they might look at the contract number and not realize that I'm at 105 days of, of every single day doing videos. Yeah. I edit them. I shoot them live every day. There's no... We thought about doing it a day before and posting, but... That would go against integrity. So you do it now for to for now. Yeah. Today for today. Yep. It happens today. Like see, today, it's going to be us on there. So what I think is interesting is that you, like in regards to that, at the same time, even though you're making yourself vulnerable, you're putting out there who you really are. Right. And that is the key to social media. Yeah. You know. You know why I did this? And aside from it being a huge accountability. Yeah. I need a new cup because it started eating uh, through the side. Well, I mean, this beautiful china that the marking lines. It's yeah, it's soaking through the cup at this point. Oh, yours too? For sure. All right. It's all good. Um, it's the risk you run. Right. So, I attribute, like I said, definitely a lot of accountability. Um, and the other thing that, so I was shooting a lot of videos. And, and everybody would make comments like, oh my God, you know. I felt like a fraud because I wasn't doing the business it looked like I was doing by doing those stupid posts. Just listed, just sold, just yeah, this, yeah, just yeah. that. Like, and I told somebody, I was on an appointment one day and they said, yeah, this agent said, you know, they sell X and they look at their social. I said, do me a favor. Here's my social media tag. Go look it up and then go look at that agent. And if you think that agent's social media is better than mine and they can do a better job marketing it, then go ahead and hire them. That's all I can say to you. So yeah, and I think, you know, regards that, yes, it's great to see brokers, you want somebody who's representing your largest asset to have done this before. You want them to have. But I have done it before. Right. But you, and you want, but my, my point is, it's not even necessarily about that. You're, you are looking at that other broker because you think he gets more attention because he sells more houses, right? And you're looking at his social media as an indication of that. Am I right? Yes, that's right. Okay, great. So 
my point here is I get actually get more attention. He just has time on his side. So I actually, if you want to talk about it, I actually get, I mean, this is not a real conversation, but like in that conversation, it's like I actually get more attention because of the quality of my videos. I am who I am in that video. It's who you're going to get right here. Right. You're not going to get some different version of me. I'm not running around all over town, you know, driving my Mercedes S class with the thing down, making videos or doing whatever I'm doing here. I'm here to, I'm Jimmy. The Jimmy you see here is the Jimmy that you're going to get. Right. That, to the people who are real, is the real asset. Because those people, the reality is those guys are bad at social media, but they're good at, at real estate really only because they have time. They, right. they have more time on their side. They dedicated it. They had a Rolodex full of people who they already knew from some other career. They, you know, kill it in a small little niche market or whatever it is. But I think you putting this out there and being authentic for who you are is is going to pay off dividends beyond 180 days. Yeah. Because I'll tell you, like, even for me, for my social stuff, I haven't closed a ton of restaurant deals. But you put me toe-to-toe with somebody who never stepped foot in a restaurant or only is trying to sell somebody or drag somebody around to 25 different places just because they saw... 25 different 3,000 square foot restaurants that they were looking at, I'm going to save you more money and time. Anybody can do the technical real estate stuff. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. Anybody can open the doors. Anybody. Here's, Here's where I shine. And like, I don't know how to portray this. What I, what I'm very good at is I'm, 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 I'm great at playing all sides. I'm good at keeping. <clears throat> so, so with real estate, obviously with a residential purchase, there's a lot of people. There's two agents, right? There's a buyer, there's a seller, there's two attorneys, there's inspectors, there's appraisers, there's lenders. There's what I'm very good at is keeping everybody playing nice in the sandbox. Right. And See, like I, I just don't know how to how to put this into words. Like what, where I shine. It's like kind of being like a connector. Like a, you're the straw that stirs the drink. You know, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you have to have everybody look. I, it's, like I can keep everybody inside the box where they need to be. Right. You know, even if I'm dealing with, I'm representing a seller, and I have one offer on the line that uh, you know I have two offers on the line. You know, and I need to make sure I keep this one hot just in case this one falls through after the inspection. Yeah. So how can I talk to this one in such a way that they then relay that conversation to their buyer and their buyer feels comfortable enough waiting? Sounds very similar to the table that was waiting 45 minutes for the Right. Yeah, right, exactly. That skill set pays Like, I'm very good at telling people what they want to hear, if you will. Right. You know. Some people can say that's bullshit, right? You're just bullshitting them. Hey. (laughs) No, but look, I think that with that, and I don't mean that that way. I mean, obviously, it's... So the cool... It's in the best interest of your right? Right. So that's what it is. And I think a lot of times, particularly if it's like a professional side, so if you have another broker who's maybe unresponsive or they're not... uh, this listing's not quite as important as another listing, so they don't give it as much attention or they pass it off to somebody else on their team who doesn't know the whole story, so you're kind of always playing catch-up. Whatever the case may be, I think that ability to kind of talk to them, relate to them, but also hold them accountable for what you need. Oh, okay, great, that's okay, perfect. Do you have the, the inspection coming today or yeah. are you guys supposed to be there? Bringing it back to that and holding that, that's a, that is a completely underrated skill set that does not get taught to you in any class. They'll say it, they'll reference it, but I think the ability to juggle that, and that might be the key to your success. And I will make the argument on this podcast that it came from your restaurant experience. Yeah, especially Havana, because I was I was a server. Yeah. But as soon as I put that order in, I relied on everybody else. Yeah. The bartenders made the drinks. And what happens? Busboys cleaned. If you in a restaurant, instead, perfect example. 
in a restaurant, if you place an order and you don't go check on it, you don't go see where the drinks are, make sure they got their ticket, if you're not checking with the hostess to see if you're going to be sad again, if you're not doing that, you're shot. You don't have your finger on the pulse, and that's exactly what you're doing now. Dude, if you could honestly bring some of the old staff I worked with here, particularly one runner, one busboy, one bartender, and one hostess, they'll tell you that I had my hands in everything, except the bar. The bar, I, you know, plus we weren't allowed behind the bar. So. Bartenders are pretty territorial. Right. So, but I would always help the busboys by picking up plates. I would always try to grab some buckets from the back and, and so that way they had some, some you know, so right. I'm, I'm restocking plates so that way they don't have to. So now they see me helping them, right? Now by default, you're going to help me right. because you have more time. Leverage, so that's another purpose. Of us. Right. You've leveraged, you've given more than what you're taking. Right. The hostesses, though, as soon as I saw, like, especially because I did Monday through Thursday nights at the restaurant, as soon as I saw, like, an, an unprecedented rush, like, an, un, an unexpected yeah. rush, because everything in corporate is tracked. Like, we know last year, the same day, what the temperature was, how many people are coming, and that's what I mean by unprecedented. Right. And all of a sudden, you see this rush come in. As soon as that happened, my eyes would light up, and I'm right at the host stand. Hey, listen, Kristen, do me a favor. You're going to run all the menus, and I'm going to seat everybody fairly. And I always did. I never took, yeah. you know, one table over the other or gave myself a party of five and somebody else a party of two. Like, I followed the system, yeah. make sure everybody had even covers. Like, I had a good friend of mine who was a hostess in another restaurant, and we would literally just share text messages of the of the screen back and forth. Like, look at how many covers I'm up to. Like, four, like some nights on a Monday, I'd be at 43 covers. Like, 43 guests on a Monday night, me, right. you know? Uh, so yeah, it was it was I knew every arena in that restaurant and I knew where it was gonna fall short and where it was gonna excel. And if I had a split second or a couple of minutes, I'm going to make sure all those stations are good. Because if they fall, I fall. Right. If the hostess isn't sitting me, I got no money. But is, have you ever thought about this before? This is exactly the same scenario you're painting with real estate. Right. Except I don't except I need all those people. Yeah. So when you asked me before, what is the ultimate goal and all this stuff, is that is the ultimate goal. What's that? Is to have all these people in this arena, and that way I can do what I'm good at. And that, that is just bringing in clients, right. keeping them happy, selling them on the dream, right? Because right? that's what I did at the restaurant. I'm right. selling you a dream for an hour. The pork chop special, my right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and honestly, that was one of my favorites. <laughs> but only by certain chefs. And when the owner asked us, why aren't we selling more of those? I said, well, the chefs have a tendency to overcook chuletas. They're thinly sliced, and they do not need to be cooked that long. Right. There you go. You know? Like, I knew that arena <laughs> that well. Like, even the owner would come in. He came in one day, Jeremy. He sits down. He's in our pre-meal, our team meeting, and he goes, um, goes Jimmy, you're a, good, you're a good salesman, a good server. I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he goes, yeah, you're right. yeah. yeah. look, I, I work Monday through Thursdays, yet I top in competitions for liquor sales and we're competing with Times Square. And I'm competing with weekend servers. And I'm selling liquor, not only weeknights, but I'm getting them off of happy hour, which is $6 mojitos, and getting them to spend $11. So, yeah, I would say I'm yeah. pretty good. So he goes, sell, sell me the half roast chicken. No. What do you mean no? Dude, it's dry. It's the worst dish in this restaurant. Well, it's not supposed to be dry. Fantastic. Yeah. And when it stops coming out dry, I'll sell it. Yeah, yeah. How about that? Let's, but that's, that is, you know, as an owner, you've got to respect that. Yeah. You're gonna want to I said, you want me to sell you one of my favorite dishes? I'll do it right now. Yeah. I'll do it right now. But not, yeah, not yeah, this. Right. The 
owner doesn't want. Yeah, the owner needs feedback. That's a good owner. He wants some. He wants some feedback on what's going on, and he was receptive to it. Yeah, because we ordered the dish and it came out the exact way I was told him it's gonna come out. There you go. Like, why would I sell a half roast chicken? It's fifteen dollars. At least let me sell vaca frita, which is nineteen twenty. You know, and it's actually an amazing dish. There you go. You know, so it's it's been a lot of translating time management. Right. Time management, and um service are the two things that I took out of the restaurant and believe it or not strategy because when you see a rush come in you, in your head in split seconds you now need to strategize how can I get to all these tables when I was just flat sat four? Oh yeah like I just got four tables at once how can I prep in my head how many more tables did other did other waiters get where's the kitchen about to get slammed on dinner like and just in split seconds calculating that in your head that, that ability to think is similar to my thought on like athletes. I think guys who have been athletes, guys and girls who have been athletes have this understanding of discipline, of time management, of doing what they're told, that kind of stuff. But it's a similar restaurant. So that's why I think people learn so much there. So you're never going back to a restaurant. 180 days in, you're going to be, I mean, it sounds like you're there. So that's it. Your real estate career is off and running. Where does it go after 180 days? Um, hey, 181. You don't have to make any videos. I know. So I'm going to feel the same way I did when I quit the restaurant. So my first Friday night not working at the restaurant, I thought to myself, what do normal people do on Friday nights? Yeah, like, what is everybody doing tonight? Because I'm so... It took me about three, four weeks to get out of that routine of going to the restaurants. And I still now don't see Friday and Saturday nights as any different than any I other nights. I, I spent 16 years heading out. So now I still have a little piece of a restaurant, but it's not nearly what it was. And I spent 16 years pretty much head down. Last 12 as an operator, owner operator. When I finally got out of that partnership, it must be like when you come back from Iraq and they have to like debrief you. I was like, what the hell? It's Saturday morning. What the hell? I got all day today. Like, what do I do? What do I do? I would get done with open houses, and normally after the open house, I would rush to the restaurant Saturday night, Sunday night, or whatever. And I would get done with my open house. I'm like, now, now, what do I do? Yeah. Now, should I go do something with these leads well, I just what, got? Yeah, exactly. That's what those people. That's what the restaurant, the real estate people told me when I when I first started residential. They were like, it's a lot of time. You're not gonna realize how much time you gotta work on the weekends. I'm like, it's not more. It's not. Cannot possibly be more time than what I was used to. No. No way. So. Welcome, he's kind not sir. Going back. He's not going back to restaurants. Not going back to the restaurants. And he's. Um, I'm not leaving. Yeah, I'm, not I'm not fucking leaving. Exactly. Not fucking uh, leaving. Well, listen. Thanks for telling your story here. Um, anything else you want to add on here? Honestly, I mean, they can. They, you guys can find me on uh, my Instagram, where you can see all the videos. Is Jimmy Odd with the number one at the end, or you can check out on Facebook, which is uh, Jimmy O'Done. But yeah, man, nothing more than that. Um, the only thing I can say is just whoever, whatever you do in life, just stay consistent and get ready to eat shit. Aren't you supposed to say, if you know anybody looking to buy or sell real estate, right? No, Look, I have, I have a goal to help 32 families. So if anybody listening or watching any of this has somebody that needs help, I would love for them to be one of the 32. Um, I think I, I like... I like sharing my goal with people yeah. as opposed to just saying, do you know anybody with real estate needs? Yeah. Like I, I'm looking to help 32 people. Who can I help that you know? Nobody? Come on. Yeah, it's gotta, somebody. Give me somebody, Kyle. You're here today. Do I know anybody? That's 
That's a good question. I don't know if I even have anybody that I would recommend. Hold on. All your, all your friends are realtors. Many people, yeah, they're all realtors. Yeah, right. That's how I feel. All right, dude. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to the latest episode of the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. I want to take a second here and just remind you that, like I said earlier, my goal is to help reduce the failure rate of restaurants in this country. So what I did is I went on my Instagram and I created a link to my calendar. And if you head there and you click the link in my bio and you scroll down, you'll see that there's a drop down menu there and it says 15 minute phone consultation. So if you're a restaurant owner operator and you just have a quick question, you don't know where to turn, whether it's about operations, whether it's about a startup, how to find money or what to do with this particular server, whatever the case may be, I am there for you. It's a free 15 minute phone consultation and I'm here to help. So if you need it, you know how to find me and continue to listen and support the podcast. I would love if you would uh, share, comment, review, whatever, all that fun stuff. Uh, and I just appreciate the love and support I've been getting for this. So we're going to keep cranking them out. And if you're interested in being on the show, please hit me up. Best way to get a hold of me is on Instagram, or you can always text me at 631-965-1300. Thanks so much again, guys.